RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Oh, I'm excited. It's almost Christmas. But before we go ho, 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 we got boxing to talk about as part of Big Fight Weekend. Welcome in. And not just a fight, several fights as part of Big Fight Weekend. We got Big Fights, plural, weekend on this weekend before Christmas. Hope you are doing well wherever you're joining the show. Thank you for tuning in, and you're going to be glad that you did. Coming up straight ahead, we're going to be talking a lot about four different fights on two different continents, by the way, that these fights will be taking place. We will be talking about the IBF featherweight championship fight that will be taking place in Manchester, England. That is coming up on Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday evening, obviously, in England, as Josh Warrington, who's not a known commodity really in the United States, hasn't fought in the United States, but he's the unbeaten IBF featherweight champion, fighting Carl Frampton, who's a former champion in a couple of other weight divisions, uh, trying to take Warrington's belt as an unbeaten fighter Frampton, an outstanding, exciting fighter out of Northern Ireland. So that's one of the fights that we're going to be talking about. Uh, simultaneous to that fight card is another fight card going on in London where Dillian White, one of the top heavyweight contenders in the UK and Europe, will be fighting another big puncher by the name of Derek Chisora. So that fight will be taking place. Showtime will televise that card. And again, in and around the same time, different city in the same country, Two big-time fights, bigger guys, obviously, in London than the featherweights that are going to be in Manchester. By the way, the Frampton fight with Warrington is going to be on the ESPN Plus app in the United States if you're looking for that one on Saturday afternoon. So we're going to talk with both about both of those fights as well as the Charlo brothers. Jermel and Jermal Charlo are headlining the Premier Boxing Champions card in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center Saturday night on Fox. Anxious to talk about those fights and listen to who we have have coming on with me on Big Fight Weekend. Only the Hall of Famer, former junior middleweight and middleweight world champion Ronald Winky Wright, the Wink from St. Pete, Florida, right near my backyard where I host this show as part of Big Fight Weekend. Winky will be here to talk Charlo Brothers. I want to get his thoughts also on uh, Canelo Alvarez and that fight uh, this past weekend uh, with Rocky Fielding. I mean, it was it was not much of a fight whatsoever. Uh, Canelo's opponent was looking for a soft place to land. I mean, it really it really was almost a joke after the first round with the body punches. Anyway, I'll talk to Wink about that. I want to talk to him about the Charlo brothers. I mean, there's questions abounding about both of these guys being undefeated. Might they both fight someday? They're on the same card as a main event. Will they try to one-up each other? That's going to be a theme throughout Big Fight Weekend, so I'm anxious to talk to the Wink about that here in a little bit. Uh, I always love bringing on from the UK perspective, the boxing writer. He's David Payne. His website is boxingwriter.co.uk Great insight, especially on the fighters in England, in the UK. Uh, And so he'll have some things to say about Warrington against Frampton and also this Dillian White heavyweight title fight and what it means for White if he is able to win it. So I'm anxious to talk with David Payne in the middle part of this show. And then we're going to bring back uh, one of my analysts from Atlanta, Deshaun Tate. And not only Deshaun, but speaking of the Charlo brothers fighting as like co-features as the co-main event on Fox, Deshaun's brother Antoine Williams will be here, and Antoine is a boxing promoter in Houston where the Charlos are from. He's been around them in the last couple of weeks. He'll share some insight into this fight, or the both fights that they're, that they're having, and they're headlining that card on Fox in New York. So again, Deshaun and Antoine will close the show out uh, here at the end, talking Charlo brothers mainly, and those uh, two title fights, one fighting at junior middleweight, 154, the other one fighting at middleweight. It is a busy show. A lot of boxing to get to, as we've got not just one, not just two, but three different sites that have important fights for this weekend, the weekend before Christmas. We are here to cover it all. Let's get started as part of Big Fight Weekend. If I'm trying to get some insight and analysis in the junior middleweight or the middleweight division, who better to go to than my man, Winky Wright, St. Pete, Florida, International Boxing Hall of Famer, former world champion in the 154 and 160-pound divisions, and I love having him on here as part of the podcast. Great to be back with you. Uh, by the way, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. we got some big fights that are coming up. I appreciate you making a few minutes of time for me here, Wink. Good to have you. 
Good. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And all them things to you. Merry Christmas and all that. <laughs> Happy Lo- New Year. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. So Canelo fought uh, Rocky Fielding from the UK the other night. And Fielding has had a long career and is older, but had never been in with somebody as big and tough like what Canelo Alvarez was. I've already said before you've come on here that I mean it's it's a little strong to say setup. It's a little it's a little strong to say uh, you know tomato can. He probably wasn't a tomato can, Winky, but this was close to that. Did that do some harm? <laughs> Did that do some harm maybe to Canelo Alvarez? I mean it's the it's the first fight of a ten fight deal on this new DAZN streaming service for Canelo. But sometimes I guess you got to have an opponent that you can easily beat. And this this guy from from the UK looked like he was looking for a soft mattress in the first 30 seconds of the fight. Where do I land? Where do I lay down? I, I don't know that that was good for Canelo. I guess is my question to you. Is it good for is it good for that? Is it good for him? Well, they trying to build Canelo up so he can fight, you know, at, at super middleweight and uh, you know, get get him some super middleweight fights before they throw him in there with some tough competitors. So you know, you expected that uh, the guy was going to be, you know, a, a, a easier fighter. I won't say easy fight, but an easier fighter than a real tough opponent, you know. And Canelo went in and did what he had to do. You know, sometimes you, you try to carry fighters to, to, to make the crowd a little bit more exciting, the fight a little bit more exciting. But sometimes if you do that too long, you can get caught and and, and, and the fight don't go the way you think. Well, and Fielding was trying to throw the right hand a couple of times, just to your point, maybe catching coming in. That was the only hope he had. But, hey, Canelo kept using the body shot, in particular the left, like to the to the ribs, to the liver. You were a big-time body puncher. What does that do for, uh, for you damaging the opponent? What do you see in his eyes when you hit him and he winces? You, you live that, and you were a great body puncher, Winky. Yeah, you, well, you know, when you hit somebody in the body, it's hard to recover. A uh, head shot, you can shake off. You get dizzy, and you know you can shake it off. But a body shot, it, it lingers with you for a long time. And if you touch them in that same spot again, they're gonna go down. So it's very hard to continue a fight when you get hit by a, a good body shot. And if you do continue, that's that's because you got great will and you just determined to, to finish the fight. Hey, you always, I love the, the strategy of it. You were always good with the left to the body. What did you use to set it up? Were you looking to use the jab to raise the gloves up and then go low? Or what, tactically, how were you trying to land that left to the right side of an opponent's body, usually? Well, well you said it. That's, that's perfectly what I would do. I would like to use the jab and, and use the hook upstairs to make you bring your, raise your hands up, your guards up, so you can block that. And when you block that, I'm touching you upstairs. I'm not throwing upstairs on hard, but I'm digging to the body hard. So that's what a lot of fighters do. They try to, you know, make you raise your hands up, and then you you you'll be able to attack them with a, a good, clean body shot. That is the voice of a man that delivered him on a regular basis in a in a multi level championship career. One more about moving up in weight, which you did. What is the challenge? Uh, it's obviously more weight that you're fighting at, but what's the challenge fighting bigger fighters when you move up from junior middle to middle or middle weight to, to 168 to super middle weight? What are the challenges of moving up in weight? Because you did that very successfully. Well, the fighters are going to be stronger. You know what I'm saying? It just all depends on the opponent, but majority of the time, the fighters that you fight at a higher weight going to be bigger, stronger, sometimes even faster. So, you know, they're going to, uh, pick and choose the right fights for Canelo at 168, so that he can he can make the uh, division exciting. You know, uh, without him, it's not too many people in that division that that people are going to pay to see. So that's why Canelo's in that division because you know at 160 he still got a lot of good fights he can do, but he preferred to go to 168 where it seems like you know he's dominating the division and this now. But it's really not that many fighters at 68 and if it is you know they're not known so you know people don't expect them to beat Canelo so they won't he won't go choose the tough fighters he's gonna pick the fighters that you know he can win good strategy on that couple more minutes with the Hall of Famer former world champion Winky Wright with me as part of Big Fight Weekend all right so another reason I have you on the Charlo brothers out of Houston Texas fighting on Saturday night on Fox regular cable TV uh, from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and they're both headlining the card, uh, one fighting as the middleweight uh, champion for the WBC, the other one fighting as the 154 
uh, the junior middleweight champion. So Jermel Charlo is fighting Tony Harrison, uh, super bad as he's known, in, in a scheduled 12 rounder. Jermel Charlo has a last minute opponent because of a flunk drug test. The last minute opponent, Matt Koroboff, is going to take uh, his place here in the in the last week. This new uh, this new fighter has come in. All right. So the first question to you: Did you ever have an occasion in a big fight where suddenly in the last week or two it's a different guy? And if so, what's the challenge there as it is for Jamal Charlo, where where the opponent is different now, just a few days before the fight? Well, that that is a tough thing uh, because uh, you know you, you you're training to fight uh, one specific fighter. And then it get, it gets changed on your last second. Now you fight someone else. And uh, you know, Charlo. Good thing about it, both fighters that he was training for are gonna be left-handed, and uh, so he'll be able to you know be good from that point. But it's still different fighting uh, opponent last minute. You know, so Charlo just had to make some uh, some changes, and he'll be he'll be good for it. Yep, we'll see how that goes. Hey, one fun one because again, Jermel is going first. They both have big power, uh, particularly with the right hand. If he scores a big knockout in the first fight and the second fight's coming up, is there going to be like extra pressure on his brother? I got to be just as spectacular. I got to throw just as big a punch and have just as big a knockout. What about that dynamic, Winky? <laughs> I don't think that they uh, they they try to outshow each other, but they both are very exciting fighters and they both love to go for the knockout. They're both uh, good punchers and, you know, they want to go out there and, and, and get an exciting win. So, if his brother go out there and knock somebody out, and I, I would think that he's going to come out and, and try to do the same thing. And then, like I said, it's more on uh, getting the fighters out there looking good for the crowd and looking good for the fans. But the other thing, as you mentioned, is be careful. Don't get yourself caught. Don't try looking for the knockout to get yourself caught with the one punch because like we always talk about, the boxing is different. The one punch can change everything. And if you go head hunting, yeah. knockout hunting, it can cost you, right? Yeah, if you find a fighter with a good punch, you definitely got to be cautious. Uh, like I said, majority of the time, uh, you know, you, you'll know your opponent and you'll know what he can do, what he can't do. But being though that he had a last-minute opponent, he he's really not, you know, really understanding everything that he can do. So he just got to be cautious in the first couple of rounds. Once he gets in there, feel his power, he'll know what he can do, and then he'll go out there and execute. Hey, we never say never in sports. The Cubs won the World Series. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers won a World Championship. So we never say never. I'm never going to say never, but is it highly unlikely that the Charlo brothers ever fight each other? Because the, the the natural thing would be they should fight each other at some point. 2020, 2021, they should get in there in the same weight class and fight each other. Would you say never on that? The brothers should never fight? Or where do you come down? Will we eventually see them fight? I say never. Uh, you don't want to fight your brother. It's not. It's not that important uh, to fight your brother. You know that's family, and family first. You know they both champions. They both want to be great, and they both can, can be great without fighting each other. So I don't think that happening happens. But if you know, like you say, you never say never. Money make people do things that they wouldn't do. So you know, if they put the right amount of money in front of them, maybe they'd do it. But, maybe they you know, will. If I was them, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Uh, all right, good enough on that. Listen, Merry Christmas to you. I know you've already been to see Santa. He's bringing you plenty of presents under the tree for you and the kids and the family and all of that. Good luck with the golf game. Uh, and and uh, we got to go hit a golf ball again at some point. I know you're doing some celebrity golf stuff uh, these days, too, and enjoying the fights. And I love getting the chance to talk to you on Big Fight Weekend. Winky Wright, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Touch Vodka Drink. Eat, live, local, touch vodka. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We do continue on. It is part of a multi-continent, multi-main event Big Fight Weekend who better to bring on? I love going to this guy. He keeps returning my messages. He keeps returning my Skype calls. He is David Payne, the boxing writer from over in the UK at boxingwriter.co.uk, the boxing writer on Twitter. He is back with me. We, we have got some fights to discuss. First of all, good to have you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas coming up. And a lot of boxing this weekend to discuss. How are you, sir? 
I'm very well, TJ. Great to be on the show again. Thanks for having me. You just uh, you you do me you do me proud because you keep answering me whenever, whenever I put the Pat signal up. All right, I've already said this before you came on that uh, we did have the fight this past weekend with Canelo Alvarez and Rocky Fielding. It started a new ten fight deal that Canelo has on the DAZN streaming service in the United States. David, that, that was not much there. I mean, I'm look, Rocky Fielding looked like from the beginning, from the first minute of the fight, he was looking for a soft place to land. That's what I've said before you came on. I want to give you the opportunity to give me a little analysis about it. What did you see? I saw, um, I saw, a, I saw a brave guy willing to, willing to have a go uh, and unfortunately found himself in deep, deep water, uh, a, a long way from home and out of his depth, um, which is an unfortunate thing to say, um, but that's the truth of it. Um, Canelo proved as much as he could against Fielding, who was clearly a league or two below him, that he's uh, got got power at the weight. Um, you may argue that Fielding might not be the best benchmark for that power, but he certainly um, didn't waste any time. And made sure that the golfing class was was evident from the first bell uh, and put him away very easily, very comprehensively. So a very difficult night for Fielding. Um, he follows a, a long line of guys that have gone to America and unfortunately come up a long way short. Um, but that's not Fielding's fault. He was willing to, he was obviously very well paid to do so, but he was willing to to take that chance and, and go and try. And, and as I wrote this week, at least he'll, He's got the option, whether he retires now or at some point in the future, to know that he tried to fight one of the best and knew exactly where he was in the in the scheme or the hierarchy of, of the division that he fought in. David, I'm wondering, because I love your, your perspective here that you give me uh, from watching this in the UK in the read, uh, did Canelo damage his credibility some when this is the first fight they're trying to to showcase him and it didn't look like a very good opponent. Am I making too much out of that part, David? I think so. There's some opportunities. And, but I'll put, um, what's the, that's not the right word. There's, with with a first fight of, of a deal like this, uh, a debut at a new weight, um, they don't want risk. He's just come out of two um, Golovkin fights. They, they don't want risk. They just want a platform for him to look destructive, look impressive, maybe... It could have been someone a little bit further up the, the the middleweight or super middleweight food chain, but it was all about just getting off, getting the ball rolling this side of Christmas and going into 2019 with that impetus. Um, so, I, 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 when you look back through time, I think sometimes we romanticise the past, and there's many of the great fighters that we could list that fought some pretty mediocre opponents along the way, um, whether it was Joe Louis or Muhammad Ali, they all fought the odd um, softest touch in between the bigger fights. And I'm willing to let Canelo off with one. I thought Fielding might might actually get to the second half of the fight. I was slightly disappointed that it was over so quickly. But um, I think we can, we can give Canelo a pass on this one, providing the next test in presumably May is something much more significant. Like that inside an analysis. All right, so the reasons, plural, that we have you here. Some interesting fights this weekend, in particular in the UK. Uh, the fight in Manchester for the IBF Featherweight Championship. And again, a big deal in the UK, in Europe. Carl Frampton from Northern Ireland, former champion uh, at a couple of different lower weight classes, fighting Josh Warrington, who is unbeaten at 27-0, and only six knockouts. So in the midst of several important fights, this is one of them. What intrigues you, David, about this matchup real quick? This, um, this, is, this is a real good fight. And if, if um, listeners in America can get a chance to see this, they'll see another, another outstanding example of fantastic British crowd getting round a, a big fight here in the UK. There'll be 20-odd thousand people in Manchester Arena. and It'll be a very partisan and raucous uh, environment. Um, Josh Warrington's got a huge following that comes from one of Britain's most historic football clubs, Leeds United, who are famous for their very partisan fans. So there'll be a hot house atmosphere at this one. And it represents something of a crossroads. Uh, Frampton is the one with the greater pedigree, as you mentioned. He's a two-weight world champion. He's fought at a very distinguished level, has a victory over Leo Santa Cruz. Um, so a fantastic fighter. 
the slightest suggestion that he's just the other side of his peak, um, but still favoured to win this fight. And Josh Warrington is the uh, not quite the eager young upstart because they actually began as professionals only three months apart, but he is three years the younger man um, and hasn't quite had the same platforms that that um, Frampton's had. But he comes, as you say, not as a big puncher, but trades on work rate, intensity, um, um, and and having a real fight uh, in the sense of he'll be looking to make this a little bit messier, a little bit uh, dirtier, if you will, and not letting Frampton use his angles and move too easily. He'll be wanting to crowd and um, and get on top of, of Frampton if he possibly can. So it, he's got a good style mesh at his heart. It's got two fighters with incredible self-confidence and you have that crossroads element. So it's, and it'll be a massive, another big crowd, another um, intense event. So it's it's one I'm really excited about, and, I, and I've kind of shifted how I feel about what the outcome might be as, to, as as it's grown closer. Well, and Frampton is obviously the drawing card for this one. Um, I mean, is it fair to say that for Warrington, the best hope is to outfox him, outbox him, stick, move, and win a decision? That is the hope because Frampton's a big puncher too. Is that it? Uh, Frampton's a puncher, yes, but um, I don't think I don't think I think it highly unlikely that um, Warrington's going to outbox him in the manner that you suggest. Um, I don't think he can, although slightly taller. I don't think he can stand outside. I think Frampton's too good at counter punching, too too good on his feet for Warrington to outbox in that classic way. Although he did show evidence of a more um, of greater poise in his last fight against Lee Selby, in which he won the title. Um, I think it's more likely that he's going to go after him and, and try and outwork him and try and work or, or capitalise on the theory that Frampton's best days are behind him. Um, and so have the, he'll have the greater engine and perhaps get at him and start to dominate rounds in the second half of the fight as Frampton fades, which is something he did in his uh, comeback fight from the Santa Cruz loss a year ago. Um, so I think that is more the most likely tactic uh, for Warrington. Um, and I think Frampton may have success early with his sharp shooting. But I, I, I'm beginning to think that Warrington might be able to get to him over the distance and perhaps nick a very close points decision. Interesting. All right. So some real intrigue with that fight. And then in another location in England, in London, uh, Dillian White in a heavyweight bout with Derek Chisora, uh, a 12-round heavyweight fight. Again, we're familiar with Joshua being the world champ, obviously, with Wilder having just fought Fury, as we talked to you about. How closely should we pay attention to this in the U.S. and everywhere else about this matchup, and, and what's in it for White in particular if he wins? Well, the obvious the obvious answer to the what's in it for White is he's the most likely opponent for Anthony Joshua in April. If that... Uh, schedule of uh, Joshua fighting at Wembley on April 13th is maintained. There has been some rumours that he may shift and possibly fight in America on that date, and that date be uh, forsaken so that Matchroom can do a Khan and Brook fight at Wembley. So there's 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 complications around it, but there would be a decent bit of interest in a white rematch, I think, um, because the first fight was entertaining. Joshua's improved a great deal since, and so has White. Um, so White has the opportunity to put himself in the box seat for that fight in April, notwithstanding the fact that he's been highly ranked by the WBC for what seems like forever, um, but can't seem to get um, Deontay into a corner to sign a contract or make a fight. Um, so there's a lot riding on this for him. It's unlikely, I think, that Chisora, even in victory, could get that April date. I, don't, I think that might be a step too far for Matchroom to make a Joshua Chisora fight. But that will still be the aspiration for, for Derek, even at 34, 35, to, to try and have one more crack at one of those titles if he possibly can. He certainly showed in his last fight against Tacker that there's plenty left in the tank despite his eight defeats and a bit of a patchy record at the highest level. He's, he's a handful for anyone if he's, if he's on form and, and, and in the right mood. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a cracking contest if, if any of your... American viewers or listeners have, have seen any of the first fight. If they haven't, I'd encourage them to look it up on YouTube because it's a classic slugfest. It's like something from the 70s, like a Lyle Shaves. And I'm not suggesting that they're as good as those two guys were. But, <laughs> but, it, but it's got that kind of, I'll hit you three times, you hit me three times, and we'll see if either of us fall over. It, they, 
it's a bit wild at times, but it, it'll be a brawl. It'll be a fascinating fight. And again, British market is just astonishing. There is some foolishness in them putting pay-per-view um, shows against each other three days before Christmas, but um, both will probably be packed houses and both will do okay on the pay-per-view. Like that. And again, in the United States, that fight will be on Showtime uh, with White and Chisora in the afternoon, U.S. time. And so, uh, David Payne, let the record reflect. The boxing writer with me here on Big Fight Weekend is saying, fireworks, look out for some fireworks. And I love going old school. Uh, when you start mentioning the acorn, Ernie Shavers, I, I remember we, we are contemporaries. If you're promising me that we might stand and brawl, I'm definitely looking at, at watching that. By the way, the Frampton-Warrington fight is being offered in the United States on ESPN Plus, if you're looking for it on that pay service of ESPNs uh, for that fight also earlier in the afternoon, uh, U.S. time. So those are those two. One more before we have to run along here on Big Fight Weekend. The Charlo brothers, we're previewing this as well on Big Fight Weekend. Uh, Jamal and Jamel Charlo are both fighting in separate world title fights on Fox in New York at the Barclays Center. Uh, Jermaro Charlo is defending his middleweight championship. Jermel is uh, defending the 154 junior middleweight version of the title that he holds. How, how much interest in the UK, I'm curious, for you, for fight fans in Europe and in boxing, are there is there in the Charlos? And is part of that part two not that you're more interested when, when and if they fight each other uh, as opposed to staying away from each other right now and having other fights? What about it, David, on both points? Um, on the first point, there's it's only the it's only the hardcore as we call them the hardcore boxing nut that would even know their names. Um, in all honesty, um, which may seem harsh, both very capable fighters, sure. quite exciting fighters, but unfortunately, no, they're not really on the radar beyond the real uh, aficionados of the sport. Um, we've not been exposed to them greatly here in the UK, so you'd have to pursue coverage to be able to really understand what they've been about um on the second point i really hope that would never happen um we had this the similar debates about the klitschko brothers over here in europe um over the years and i would hope and presume that the charlos will have a similar a similar response to that proposition that they will never fight each other there are plenty of fights for those two guys to take they just need to get on with it um, they just need to, those matches need to be made at middleweight and the light middleweights. There's there's loads of fights around. Surely they need to just uh, make good fights, make good fights. They don't they don't need the uh, the horror of a two brothers fighting. Surely. Yeah, how about that, brother versus brother? Interesting takes. Why I love the boxing writer. Again, he's the boxing writer on Twitter, boxingwriter.co.uk, online, writing about these different fights. Did we pretty much cover everything? I always love giving you the floor to give you an opportunity to talk to the fight fans. Anything else that we didn't cover uh, in previewing any of these fights this weekend or anything else that you want to put out there? Go ahead, sir. No, not really, other than I'd encourage, uh, if you've got the opportunity to catch it, that uh, white Chisora fight on uh, Showtime in the afternoon, take the opportunity because um, I don't think it'll disappoint. And whatever the outcome, they will come to have a, a big fight, a big brawl, throw loads of big punches. So if you get a chance to see that, and the Warrington-Frampton fight similarly, that's got a real beautiful style clash going on there, and that should be pretty intense. So if you like your boxing, both of those fights will please you, I'm sure. Love it on that. And again, so White's taking a real risk. If Anthony Joshua's in the future, you're saying this guy's got a puncher's chance, Chisora, of being able to maybe mess that up. Part of the drama, part of the intrigue. Listen, I, I am always grateful that you're willing to join me uh, at different times, at different points. You're busy. Again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. It is a pleasure always to be with you. Let's see what happens with these fights this weekend. And I pledge we'll come back to the Boxing Rider again. We encourage the fans, go to your site, boxingwriter.co.uk. Read more about what this man has in terms of the analysis you've been hearing online on his site. Thank you, David Payne. Enjoyable as always, TJ. Good, happy Christmas. See you in the new year. We are wrapping up Big Fight Weekend. Again, we've got some interesting fights overseas with Carl Frampton going for the IBF featherweight title, a big heavyweight showdown in London. Frampton's fight in Manchester in London. Dillian White and Derek Chisora are fighting as well. Those are all in the afternoon, those fight cards. And then on uh, Premier Boxing Champions and Fox, the Charlo brothers will be headlining on Fox nationally on 
regular cable television, big and, and over-the-air TV, too. Big night for them uh, to headline as one of them is the junior middleweight champ, one of them is the middleweight champ, both undefeated. Should be uh, fascinating for them. And to help me break it down, I love bringing in my guy from Atlanta with Tate's Takes. Love the boxing inside of Deshaun Tate. Good evening, Deshaun. Good to have you. Man, CJ, thank you so much for having me. I've been kind of pumped up. You know, I'm, I got a lot of going on with the college basketball, man, but I said, you know what? This is one of them nights I got to put the college basketball <laughs> to the side, baby, because it's time to lace up those gloves and lace up them boots, man. It's time to get to it. And the Charlo brothers are going to do that. And so, Deshaun, we got a special guest that you you might know this guy. In fact, you're related to Just this. a little bit. You know this guy, and you're related to this guy. Antoine Williams is Deshaun's brother, and he is a boxing promoter with the GOAT Boxing Promotions. That's the name of the promotion, the GOAT Boxing Promotions. He's based in, oh, by the way, Houston, Texas, and has some dealings previously with the Charlo brothers. So here's Antoine Williams making this a three-way conversation on Big Fight Weekend. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, TJ. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, Man, what can I say? We have one of the biggest fight weekends coming up. What a way to close out the year other than having, you know, two of the best up-and-coming fighters in the sport of boxing, Jermel Charlo, Jermall Charlo. They're twins. You know, one of them happens to just be called the future of boxing, coincidentally, and, uh, man, I'm just – what a better way to close out the year than to have two young guns looking to come in and put on a show right there in Brooklyn, right there in BK. We know that's a big fight town, and uh, I'm just so excited. Keep in mind, last week we just had the number one pound-for-pound pound arguably fighter, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, closing out the year right there on ESPN. And now we get to hit it off with two of the best fighters right here out of H-Town, right here out of my city, Jermel Charlo and Paul Charlo <laughs> headlining. Couldn't be more excited, TJ. I, I love it. I'm talking about the Charlo brothers, and I'm talking with two other brothers about this with some insight and some analysis. Okay, so I guess the first one is to you, Antoine. The, these are intriguing fights for a couple of reasons. In one case, Jermel fighting Tony Harrison, who's a more known commodity who's fought for a title before. I know a little bit about him. But in Jamal's case, it's a last-minute opponent. Matt Koroboff is a, is a last-minute opponent because Jamal Charlo's opponent tested positive for a banned substance and had to be replaced here in the final week. So I, I was talking earlier here on Big Fight Weekend with Winky Wright. I mean, you've dealt with this as a promoter, but for the fighters, when you suddenly have a new opponent, like a week out or a few days out to get ready for, that's going to be a challenge for Jamal Charlo when he fights Koroboff, who only came onto this fight card in the last few days, right? Yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, depending on uh, where your where your mental mind state is, I think the Charlo should be okay. Here's why: uh, he was already preparing for a southpaw. A lot of people don't know he was preparing for a southpaw in Willie Monroe Jr. before he tested positive for a banned substance. So now here comes Korobov, who, by the way, is a good fighter. He's twenty. He's twenty eight and one, so he's no slouch by any means. He could come in and, and upset the apple cart, but he is a southpaw. And one thing I want you guys to know about Korobov, Korobov, he's campaigned and fought at a heavier weight around 175. And what that means is, in boxing terms, is he could be coming in a little bit heavy, could come in a little flat-footed. And and the Charlo, you know, Jermel and Jamal, by the way, they actually have one of the best boxing boxing IQs, one of the best jabs in the entire sport. So I don't think it really presents too much of a problem. Um, the fans are the winners here because they get a much more, I think, a much more competitive fight because Willie Monroe Jr., by the way, he does not possess much power. He does not possess much of a threat to keep the Charlos off of him all night. So with Korbov coming in, you get a true you get a true banger, a guy that campaigned at 160. He's also fought at 175 at light heavyweight. And I think you get a better fight. I truly, truly think you get a better fight, TJ. So it to be All right, we'll see how that part goes. Deshaun, I'll bring you in here. One thing I was also asking earlier of Winky Wright, the Boxing Hall of Famer, former uh, two different weight champion, world champion at junior middleweight and middleweight, just like the Charlo brothers are, do you believe that if Jermel does something spectacular in the Harrison fight, like an early knockout, that it puts uh, more pressure on Jermel, who's fighting the second fight, to try to follow that up and be equally as spectacular. Do you buy into that, that that may be part of the backdrop for this on Saturday night? 
You know, TJ, I, I honestly think so. And, and to be honest with you, that's just something that's human nature. That's just part of being brothers. There's always going to be competition. The guy that's on the line right now, it's competition with us. He's been that way for the last 34 and a half years. So it, 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 it doesn't work any different. Of course, you want to always see, you know, the, the um, your, you know, one of your siblings, you know, succeed and that type of thing. But you always um, want to outdo that person. And so with that being said, I think that there is a little bit of pressure. That is a little bit of a challenge. It really just kind of depends on how much of that challenge will be embraced. Um, and, and that's just kind of the way that I like to think of it. But for, for sure, there's definitely going to uh, there's definitely going to be a little bit of pressure added. And when you start looking at the fact, and here's the interesting thing that that the opponent has been switched. That's not really something, you know, in regards to the conversation uh, that we were just having that you asked Antoine. That's not an easy adjustment to make. And so when you have that adjustment to make, that is not so easy and put that in. Uh, to combine that with the fact that this isn't just, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting on the same card as just someone you don't know or you don't know well or that you spar with every now and then. This is somebody you've been sparring with since birth, literally probably just seconds from minutes from birth probably. So all things being considered, I think it does add a, a little bit of pressure, if not nothing else, for sure. I love having fun with these brothers. That's the voice of Deshaun Tate. His brother, Antoine Williams, is also with me. And Antoine's a boxing promoter out of Houston, very familiar with the Charlos. It's part of Big Fight Weekend and the podcast. However you found us, whether it's through RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, subscribe to the podcast Big Fight Weekend. We're previewing the Charlo Brothers fighting on Fox, Premier Boxing Champions on Fox. And then obviously there's a couple of big fights as well in the UK in separate locations with Carl Frampton fighting for the IBF featherweight title in the afternoon U.S. time. And Dillian White and Derek Chisora may be throwing big bombs. Our our boxing uh, insider, if you will, from the UK, David Payne was on with me earlier in this podcast and said, look out for these two guys to stand in the ring and go toe-to-toe in that heavyweight fight. Showtime has got that fight coming in the afternoon. All right, fun one for you two. So I don't know this. I've known Deshaun now for a couple years, but I don't know this. Did either one of you box? Did both of you box growing up, or did you just have, like, backyard or uh, in-the-house fisticuffs? And who got the better of it? Uh, Antoine, you want to go first? I mean, forget the Charlo brothers. I want to know about Antoine and Deshaun. What about it? Come on. All right. So, first of all, I didn't box professionally or anything. Um, I just happened to have have a love and passion for the sport. Been around the sport for a long time as a fan. I was a fan. I traveled around the world to see some of my favorite fighters. Miguel Cotto happens to be my favorite fighter. But to answer your question, TJ, you know, we we did a little scrapping. Me growing up, I mean, we're, we're pretty we're pretty close. Um, you know, as brothers, but of course we fought. You know, I mean. If, if if I felt like he got out of line, you know, I'd punch him. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're pretty close. I mean, so, so to answer your question, I'd say, I'd win, I'd say I won the fight. If now, come on, Deshaun, me. are you going to let that go? <laughs> Deshaun, did you get some good licks in any of these uh, little scrapes? No? What about it? Well, well, I'll just say this, uh, TJ. I didn't do much uh, boxing at all. I can't say that I was the one, you know, going through training sessions and lessons and going to watch fighters all, all my life or any of that. I've been in some pretty intriguing matches to watch with Antoine, but I can't say enough to say that I've been uh, doing any part of boxing my own self. However, what I will say is a little bit of fighting and boxing I have done, I'm not sure it could be promoted here on the show. <laughs> that being considered, uh, I, 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 will, I, will say, I will say enough that uh, I, I, I am going to go with the younger brother, whichever one was born younger. I'm going to go with the younger brother to outdo the older brother. And I think I'll just leave that there. I think Jermel, uh, if I'm correct, Antoine, Jermel is the younger one by a couple of minutes or by a few minutes. And he won the coin flip and gets to go first. And Jermel has to go uh, second with his title fight for the interim WBC middleweight championship. So I believe that's uh, that's how that's going to work. All right, I'm going to ask you one more about the fight in a moment. But Antoine, I want to give you the opportunity to promote what you're doing in Houston on the local level. I know this is a big night for Houston, Texas, and the boxing world to be featured, even though these guys are fighting in Brooklyn. But you're promoting local fights in Houston. Plug away, sir, about what you're doing. Absolutely, and I appreciate that. So my company, the GOAT Boxing Promotions, we're based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, We actually put on professional boxing events. We just had a big boxing event, TJ, just this October, two months ago, with Mancuso Harley-Davidson, which was a great card. You know, we had two title fights one for the ABF, the American Boxing Federation, which is a wonderful organization that we've teamed up with. And we also had a Texas title fight 
which is the Texas title, which is recognized, you know, amongst the state of Texas. Uh, so we, we're putting on great cards and we have, uh, we're putting on, you know, there's, there's a lot of great fighters here in the state of Texas that likes to, that, that enjoy fighting with goat boxing promotions. We have a, a, a great, great, uh, uh, sports town here, you know, with boxing and football, as you know, with the Texans looking pretty good right now. So, yeah, so if anybody wants to learn more about my company, the Goat Boxing Promotions, make sure you follow us. My website is www.thegoat, that's T-H-E, goat, G-O-A-T, boxingpromotions.com. Once again, the goat boxingpromotions.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Goat Boxing Promotions. And we're also on Instagram. You can follow me at Boxing Expert 33. So we have a lot of great things going on. 2019 looks very, very promising for the uh, for the boxing community. You know, so anybody out there that follows boxing and loves the sport uh, needs to follow the Go Boxing Promotions. TJ, we're 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 really looking forward to the future for it. I love it. I love it. Glad to help you promote that. All right, before I let you guys go, we love Tate's takes. Give me the quick take here, 30 seconds or so. Do both of these Charlo brothers score big knockouts, yes or no, Deshaun Tate? I think so. I, I think that uh, neither fight will go the distance, per se. If one of the fights do go the distance, I think that it'll be the latter fight just because of the adjustment that we spoke upon earlier. Um, I'm not sure if I'm confident enough to say that both fighters will go in and completely wash the opposition or wipe the mat, per se. Uh, but I will say enough to say that I'm expecting a really good fight uh, and that um, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you know, for, for the community in Brooklyn. I'm excited for everyone that loves boxing. Cause as you know, and I know you said 30 seconds, but you got a part of me here for a yep, second. Yep. I know that there's a lot of people that are talking about, you know, boxing's dead and boxing's gone, but you got to give credit to the people who, regardless of the fact, not everybody's going to be a rapper. Not everybody's going to be a basketball player. These are guys that really are probably in the most, arguably in the most gruesome of sports that there is that exists. You can't fix this stuff. Let's just be real about it. That's what I'm excited about the most. And anytime that there's a little bit of competition between the older brother and the younger brother, whether that's by years or whether that's by minutes and seconds, you, uh, I, I took my cap, and I'm really looking forward to uh, what's going to transpire in Brooklyn. All right, we'll see what happens with the Charlos. Same question, Antoine Williams. Do, will both of these fights end early? Will both of them maybe go longer or one of them the distance or both the distance? What do you think? Well, this will definitely take more than 30 seconds. I'll let you know right now. So uh, first and foremost, I think the fight – uh, Jermell Charles, 31 and 0, 15 knockouts. He definitely is in tough with Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison's from Detroit. He's a good fighter. He normally gasses out after about round eight, but before that, he seems to be winning his fights as he was with, um, with the, uh, Austin Trout fight. So <clears throat> I think that the fight will probably go the distance, um, with Tony Harrison. If, if, if I had to take a guess, I'd say the fight goes the distance. I think Jamal Charlo wins that fight um, by decision, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a knockout, but I think the, the, the likely scenario is that he wins that fight by decision. And, uh, and let me clear up something. I said Austin Trout hurt was the fight that Tony Harrison was winning until he got knocked out. Sure. He got out in the later yes. Round. So let me make a correction. And then as far as Jamal Charlo, who's fighting Matt Corbaugh, the late replacement, He's a southpaw. I think that the likely scenario is that he actually wins that fight by knockout. And here's why. I think because he's 27-0, and 0, he has 21 knockouts. He's actually, to me, the bigger puncher of the Charlo twins, in my opinion. Uh, he, he's, you know, the bigger puncher. So I think there's a chance that he gets Korbov out of there, I would say, probably within, uh, within the first nine rounds. So don't be surprised Ooh. if he gets that. You know. um, I really, really think that – he could he could win that fight by knockout. You know he's he's he has 21 knockouts and 27 fights. So, um, but I expect both of those Charlos to win. I expect both of those Charlos to look great, and they're going to go for the KO. You know, I was there at the media day with them last week here in Houston. Uh, Floyd Mayweather came out to show his support for these young young lions, as they say, lions only, and that's their phrase, and that's you know that's their promotional company, Lions Promotions. So I expect these guys to win, and I expect them to win pretty in, in pretty impressive fashion. But I think one of the Charlos would likely get the knockout. And uh, just to want to make one quick note, though, just in case the boxing world does not know this, they're trying to put a fight together. If Charlo wins, if Jermell wins, who's 31-0, they're trying to put a fight together, TJ, for next year to have Triple G 
as the mandatory if Charlo wins. So that's interesting. Possibly, yes. So that's a fight that could come to fruition. Uh, that they're trying to see if they can make that as mandatory. WBC is trying to make Triple G as the mandatory. That's a dangerous fight. You know, obviously Triple G is still a monster out there. No matter what you, no matter how you slice or dice it. I know he just fought Canelo to a to an arguably, you know, uh, uh, unanimous decision loss, depending on, you know, who, whose decision, who, who your, your opinion on that. But that fight could possibly come off, especially if he wins in dominating fashion Saturday. So keep in mind that fight may come off in early spring between Charlo and Triple G. I just wanted to make that point. Well, let's see if they both can take care of business. It will be very interesting as part of this weekend. They're the showcase fighters on Premier Boxing Champions card again on Big Fox. Uh, they're on the over-the-air stations uh, on the Fox uh, mobile app, etc. Let's see what happens there and with the ones in Europe as well. Antoine, it was a pleasure to have you. Again, the plug for the GoatBoxingPromotions.com. The GoatBoxingPromotions.com. And again, give your uh, your Instagram handle where they can find out more in addition to Facebook. I love that. Boxing Expert what? Boxing Expert 33. I am a Boxing Expert 33. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> I love it. And on Facebook, you can find me at thegoatboxingpromotions.com. You can check out all of our content from our shows that we had this year. We had two shows here in Houston. They were great shows. And uh, like I said, look forward to having more for 2019. And thanks again, TJ, man. You're running a I great program, and I appreciate you having me on. I truly I mean love that. it. Deshaun, uh, plug away for Tate's Takes. Go ahead, out of the Atlanta area. Antoine's brother, go ahead, Deshaun. I'm going to keep it really simple considering the older brother likes to take all the shine. On Instagram and on Twitter, at Takes Take Sports. That's T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E Sports. As always, and per usual, if you don't know how to spell sports, I can't help you with that. At Takes Take Sports. At Takes Take Sports, and we'll see what the Charlo brothers do in this fight. Guys, it was a treat. Thank you. I appreciate both of you joining me. Antoine, good luck with the boxing venture and the promotion, and it could be a big night for H-Town for Houston, Texas, with the Charlos uh, showcased in this fight and these two different fights in New York. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So there you go. We get ready for these showdowns, these fights that are coming up again. uh, The Frampton-Warrington fight will be taking place in Manchester, England. ESPN Plus will be televising in the afternoon on Saturday afternoon prior to Christmas for the IBF Featherweight Championship scheduled for 12 rounds. Meantime, simultaneous to that fight card in London on Showtime, heavyweight contenders Dillian White, who is the guy that is in line as David Payne, the boxing writer from over in the UK, was telling us White in line to perhaps fight Anthony Joshua in the spring of next year. If he gets by his opponent, Derek Chisora, will this be a brawl? A lot of big punches thrown. Is White taking a big risk here and maybe getting knocked out before he ever gets to Anthony Joshua? We'll find out. That fight in London on Showtime in the afternoon, U.S. time, primetime in England. And then the co-features, the co-main event uh, of the evening will be in New York at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn with the Charlo brothers both defending their championships, one in the 154-pound division. Uh, that one is Jermel Charlo taking on Tony Harrison for the WBC Junior Middleweight Championship. Again, he's unbeaten Charlo. Harrison with the two losses. Um, we'll see what happens in that matchup. And then Jermel Charlo will fight after that. Late replacement is Matt Korobov. That's for Charlo's Junior Middleweight, 154-pound title will the brothers try to outdo each other Uh, as winky wright was saying to us earlier on big fight weekend you can get caught with the big punch you got to be careful about that stuff if you're going for a knockout trying to match what your brother does so jermel charlo will go first against harrison on fox at the barclay center and then jamal charlo will fight korobov in the nightcap of the co-main events for the dub for the wbc uh interim junior middleweight championship two title fights for the twin brothers we're excited to see what happens with all of these fights and watch what unfolds. Listen, my thanks to my guests. Again, the Hall of Famer, Winky Wright in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Always love talking with the Wink. Thanks also to David Payne. Follow him on Twitter at The Boxing Writer. Again, follow Winky Wright at, at uh, Winky Wright on Twitter. Follow David Payne at The Boxing Writer on Twitter. His website, boxingwriter.co.uk for insight on the fights, particularly in the UK. And we'll see what happens with the Charlo brothers, too, as he was giving us some insight. And then my thanks to Deshaun Tate and Antoine Williams, the brothers, joining us to talk to me about the Charlo brothers and the fight. You can follow Deshaun at Tate's Take Sports on Twitter. Again, Tate's Take Sports, Twitter and Instagram. And Antoine Williams, again, 
again, a boxing promoter out of Houston that knows the Charlos. It's thegoatboxingpromotions.com. Check them out online and on Facebook at the Goat Boxing Promotions. Those, those guys did a great job entertaining me, talking about brothers and brothers fighting like the Charlo brothers will be doing on uh, Saturday night in New York. All right, there you go. That sets the stage here as part of Big Fight Weekend. However you found the show, through Radio Influence, uh, through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Thanks to the sponsor of this program as well. That's Touch Vodka. Uh, go to touchvodka.com to find out more about getting that great tasting product and all the different flavors made fresh from Florida. Coming to you, coming to a, an outlet near you. Uh, find out more at touchvodka.com. They're great sponsors as part of Big Fight Weekend. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the fights from Manchester to London to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn with the Charlo brothers. We'll see what happens with all the boxing. Have a great Christmas. We'll be talking to you soon enough, especially in 2019, as part of Big Fight Weekend. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Here's the thing about Chandler Premise. To me, the stock of Brent Primus went up in this fight. I think it, it, with how that fight played out, if you would have came to us last Wednesday when we did the show and said, this is how the fight's going to play out, we both would have probably said, nah, dog, no, no, no. It's not going to play out like that. Like, I would have never thought that Chandler would not want to have a striking matchup with Brent Primus. I understand Michael's wrestling's unbelievable. I get it. But I would have... If you said, where do I think Brent Premise's best chance to win this fight is? It's on the ground using his jujitsu. And, and it just, it, it surprised me. And, and I, I wonder how much of that really was in the second round when Brent dropped him and, near, oh, yeah. and nearly, nearly won the fight. I mean, yeah, he, he nearly won it with his grappling. <laughs> I literally started round. typing, holy effing. You know, because we know no, I, I would have put as much money as if you would have told me straight up, just give me a winner. I would have put I'd made a bet on, on Michael Chandler. You could have said, you know, let's go a thousand dollars. All right, let's go. I mean, it, it's just I just didn't see Brent win that fight. And I I, I just I, I look at Michael Chandler and I just, you know, he's been the face of Bellator for a long time. I'm I'm really starting to wonder if Alina McFarlane's going to end up being the face of Bellator in, in the next year. Oh yeah, I mean that's a great great transition because um you know and you're totally right, Brett Primus. It's ironic he impressed uh, more in his title loss and his title win against Michael Chandler. The standup was great, but it, man, Chandler's grappling was just on another level when it comes to positioning, and that helped him win that fight. And, and uh, but, yeah, that we, was a great fight, but what's that? But were you like me and like you couldn't believe that he essentially didn't want to strike with Brent? Well, I was, but Brent's stand-up looked good. It did. It did. Like, that's the thing. I don't, know if, I don't know if that was his game plan heading into it or it was, it was uh, audible into the fight. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.